Okay, hello? Hello. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, here. Yeah, so oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, this is very, it's very interesting. We don't have any, mo- oh. any good goofs on uh, steel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like what, what joke can we make? <laughs> I used my one Christopher Steel one. I'm, 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 just, I'm so used to guys, you guys just making jokes. I'm like, something's wrong. Phil's <laughs> <laughs> dead. Call, call hospital. China because China. 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 I love China. China all the time. I love China. China. So when was the last time you Welcome to Oops I Talk Politics, the left wing political podcast where we talk about politics. I'm Ryan. I'm Sly. I'm Phil. And I'm Daryl. And we're here for our globalist cuck episode. <laughs> yeah. Not really. Yeah. We talked about Russia being bad because of Putin. But maybe our savior's China will take up the... <laughs> yes, hand, thank you, China. Yeah. Yes. yeah, glorious leader. Slice communist utopia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were joking before about how the Chinese government was going to come assassinate Sly. And, and I, one day, some you're going to think you're the you're the leftist of all, but someone is going to be more leftist than you and kill you, Sly, one day. <laughs> of, course, of course, outside the Chinese government, right, Phil? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of talk lately about if you haven't been kept on keeping up with the news uh tariffs specifically a 25 percent uh tariff on steel and 10 percent on aluminum imports to us wait guys what's a tariff Uh, it's a tax on foreign goods (laughs) yep there you go (laughs) this will go into effect around the 24th of march and still being finalized so we're probably going to miss on some details from now until when you hear this episode air like we're recording this on friday march 9th and, um, 2018. Yep. China has been singled out as the target of this policy, but less than 2% of China's steel exports go to the U.S. nowadays. It used to be larger before in like 2014, but we've continuously tried to pull back on importing from China. Our biggest steel uh, trade partners are in order via the January 2018 U.S. Department of Commerce, Canada, EU, South Korea, Mexico, Brazil, Japan, Taiwan, and then China. Oh, our allies. Yeah. The thing about Brazil is they buy our... We get steel from them, and then in return, they buy a billion dollars worth of our coal. So one (laughs) of the things that, like, Trump didn't realize is he's always like, I'm going to save our coal jobs. Probably not if you do this. (laughs) Yeah, that's... I I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, So far, we've we've agreed to exempt our neighboring countries in NAFTA of Canada and Mexico from the tariffs. I also, I want to point out, it's really funny, too, since we're supposed to have Mexico paying for the wall, but we're like, you're exempt from this, don't worry. Oh, yeah, we forgot about that already, because Trump is... (laughs) Yeah, be hard on Mexico for all their immigrants. For 30 days, right? Not forever. Yeah, Trump plans to offer Canada, Mexico, 30-day tariff exemption. (laughs) Nice. Cool. That's so nice to our allies. Which, I mean... (laughs) It also hurts the EU and uh, Southeast Asia and Brazil. Oh, wait, no, no. You guys are right. It, it is. I think he's making it. He, uh, assuming Trump, anything Trump says means anything, uh, he went from <laughs> 30 days lie. to permanency. So whatever. We'll see what actually happens. <laughs> I, do, I, do think, I, do, I do think permanency is likely because Trump was bragging that he's going to do like tariffs like today, like literally Friday he's going to do it. Uh, but uh, then, like the, everyone around, like please stop, don't stop, and they're like begging him, like please, like uh, his economic advisor basically left because of this. Not shit. basically, he did. And, He's like, I'm quitting if you do this. Yes, yeah. He literally did. Yes, he literally did. And um, I I think he kept basically kept getting Donald talk, so now it's just all bluster to make him seem good. 
but it's uh, largely ineffectual in actual in terms of actual. Uh, Trump policy. still hasn't announced his plan since he declared the opioid epidemic a national emergency. So I'm not holding my fucking <laughs> breath for him to get his policies together. Yeah, and even worse yeah. is like all all this the as I said like the bluster. It's starting rumblings of a trade war, which EU has proposed retaliatory measures against U.S. goods like um, motorcycles and peanut butter and bourbon. And economists suspect that this will affect the price of manufactured goods like car parts and canned goods. Um, uh, not only being imported did Trump here. say trade wars are good because they're easy to win because yeah. he's an idiot. But do you know why they, they've they specifically called out Harley-Davidson and oh, bourbon? Because of the states that they make are made in. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Harley-Davidson is made in Paul Ryan state and Kentucky bourbon is made in Mitch McConnell state. So they're like, keep your boy in check, fuckers. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Also, uh, along the steel thing, um, America, uh, steel actually, the, the companies actually use steel uh, is way bigger than the companies that manufacture steel yep. in America. Uh, we, cannot, they, we cannot produce the, the, the amount of steel needed to satisfy the producer, the people who use steel in America. They have to export because we don't produce enough steel in America, literally. So this is literally just fucking over American companies in the long run anyway. Do you think Trump is doing this because he's mad at Christopher Steele for getting the dossier together? <laughs> I think some of his friends already dumped their steel stock a few days ago before yeah. the yeah, announcement. That happened like too. the day before he announced he wants to do this. There was like an ad on like 4 a.m. on Fox News saying, "You know we should have steel tariffs," and like and like probably he watched on Fox News at 4 a.m. and he's like, "Okay, we should have steel tariffs." Like you know that that fucking bid from Tim and Eric when they have a commercial just for one guy. <laughs> that is a reality. We're gonna have commercials just for President Trump in the future at Fox News at 4 a.m. That's gonna be a new t- prime time slot for John Oliver actually buys ads. To, like, try to teach Trump, like, policy during Fox and Friends. That's what you have to do. You have to make ads for Donald Trump now. Because that's all. That's how you oh fucking get God. policy information. Yeah. So, continue, Daryl. What, what, what are these tariffs about? Well, I, I, I also wanted to bring up that the, the duties on U.S. imports by the EU would total around $3.5 billion, according to EU advisors, which could potentially threaten as many as 8 million jobs, according to chief economist at Euler Hermes North America. And for perspective's sake... The steel industry employs a little over 140,000 workers. <laughs> <laughs> so this is just like, this is a stupid idea overall. So if you're wondering, it's like, why would Trump do this? It's like, I, we, there's the angle that Phil was taking where it's like that he told some of his friends, it's like, he dump your steel stock. Also, uh, on the same vein, uh, we already have tariffs on like China's solar panels and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the solar industry is big. And he did it for the sake of the coal industry and the solar panel industry was is larger and is, was growing when before these tariffs start bringing to place. So mm-hmm. again, Trump Trump is fucking over a growing industry that's important to, to satisfy yep. the bullshit campaign rhetoric. But the gov- I thought the government wasn't supposed to interfere with the free market. <laughs> uh, protectionism is different, you asshole. <laughs> yeah, this is this is like a national security. I think. Yeah, is what he's shit. classifying it as. Yeah, you fucking globalist. I didn't know you such a globalist. You fucking un-American Fine. asshole. Goddamn. <laughs> Fucking buy American, you asshole. <laughs> and, and as Sly said, it's it's really important to remember that the U.S. is a consumer of steel-intensive products, not a strong exporter of them. So even just getting us to make more steel doesn't really help anyone where we're the ones that are importing more goods than we're exporting, like steel-manufactured yeah. ones. Um, I do want to point out that China does have an enormous influence over the global steel industry. They produce 10 times more steel than us and have been accused of dumping cheap steel into other global markets since they account for half the world's steel production, and about 85 to 90% of that is used domestically. A majority of their steel exports go to Korea, Vietnam, the Philippines, and India. 
And there's a concern because of this of transshipment where China exports raw and semi-finished steel to these countries and then they export it to us. But expert like that's what Trump said was happening. But experts say that the realistic problem is that they import the metal and those metals get made into products which then we buy. Like we're not buying like half finished steel from them, especially considering that these countries make their own steel too and give it to us since they're big exporters of manufactured metal in recent years china has been trying to make an effort to cut back on steel production too they say that they now employ 1 million fewer steel workers and it's set to cut back on 7.5 percent of its annual steel production which coincides with their attempts to improve the air quality of their cities along with like the coal reduction and stuff and lastly uh i just read an article that stated like why would you go after Chinese steel or like say that you're doing this to get back at China when we like import 50% of our electronics from them like why yeah, not hit them for that yeah that's the thing like uh I was, I was actually reading some articles people people say like a, a tariff on Chinese goods could be good but it should be on Chinese uh, technology technology uh, electronic yep. textile uh, toys and electronics which are 8.6 16.5 and 48% respectively that we import from them yeah, and like a lot of the, you know, the phrase cheap Chinese crap is because they make cheap Chinese versions of um, American and China, you know, Japanese products mm-hmm. uh, much cheaper and they drive down the price of the products for everyone else too. So like it's, uh, and it's dirt cheap, it's like more unsustainably cheap and that should be tariffs to promote our electronic goods. Yeah. But Trump's an idiot. So just, just steal from our allies. Like take that. Yeah. China. Fuck you, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's, it's, it's always been, it's always been foreign policy wise seeming to be the problem with trump is that he's always like attacking our allies instead of anyone else well because yeah, the yeah. the enemies don't i mean our allies don't have fucking tapes of him pissing all over everything <laughs> well, well the problem with general <laughs> trump is that uh like you had you had bushes and, and like uh the reagan's uh, use all this rhetoric but deep down they were all like neoliberal fucks Bush did try to implement the steel tariffs too, but the WTO ruled against them. It was said to cost up to two hundred thousand jobs. Uh, uh, Bush probably is an idiot, but maybe Cheney generally uh, skewed him towards you know fucking globalist scum bullshit. But uh, <laughs> Trump is a true believer in the fucking the really stupid uh, Republican talking points, like oh we we owe so much debt to China, we should yeah. drive down the deficit. All that bu- it's all bullshit. Like if you actually look into how our debt works, how exporting and shit works, a lot of it comes from our ally- a lot of our exports, like we just said, importing comes from our allies. A lot of our debt is to our own citizens. Are you telling like, me that Trump is an idiot? <laughs> uh, twist. Yes, he is. Ah, shit. <laughs> but you know, everyone knows Trump's a buffoon and a moron and should not be president. But um, what about China and its deals? Like, how is it as a trading partner around the world? Because it seems to have a lot of sway, right? So we're it's getting there because of some of the stuff Trump is doing. So I want to take a little step back and just talk about some of the trade deals that were kind of some of the like hot topic issues that Trump would bring up. So like the big one was TPP and actually surprisingly, that's the trans-Pacific partnership. That's actually something that the left was fighting against too. Like Bernie and Elizabeth Warren were Mm -hmm. very anti TPP too. Hillary came out against it because there's so much uh, backlash against it. Even though Obama was was trying to get it passed, Hillary was running against it. Basically what the trans-Pacific partnership was, was it was a, a group of 12 countries that were basically like everyone being like, we need to give China less 
reach with their trade. So mm-hmm. we'll bond together, and they basically what what trade partnerships do is they lower the tariffs to make it free trade or much more open trade to get goods in between certain countries. So if you have like Japan and Australia in the TPP with America, you're more likely to buy Japanese goods than Chinese goods because Chinese goods Mm -hmm. prices would go up with tariffs. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the big issues that Trump wanted to pull TPP. And he's also at the same time talking about how he's he's going to renegotiate NAFTA, which we mentioned earlier. That's the North, North American free trade agreement. That's between us, Canada and Mexico. So he's threatening to leave NAFTA or renegotiate it at the same time that he completely pulls the TPP. And one of the reasons why the TPP was such a big deal was most economists said that it wouldn't exist without America. Like with us driving, because we've always been like the leader in the global economy. And they said, well, if we pull out, it'll fall apart. But apparently that's not the case because... The the 11 other countries, so that's some countries like... Japan. Yeah, so we have like Canada, Mexico, New Zealand, Malaysia, Vietnam, Singapore, Peru, a couple others. And they would come together without us with a new TPP that's very different called the CPTPP. (laughs) (laughs) And that is the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership. Basically, without America, it would drop... 300 million people, obviously, and the global economy that was covered by it would go from 40% to 13%, which is a big drop, but it's still kind of showing that America no longer has the clout that they used to, where before, when we would orchestrate something like TPP, if we pulled out, it would just fall apart. So same thing, like, we orchestrated the Paris Agreement for climate change, and then we pulled out, and the rest of the world said, well, we're just going to do it anyway. We should also explain for people who might be like, oh, we pulled out of this uh, global thing. It's so good. And just like, pulled out of climate, Paris climate change is a good thing. Uh, the reason why the left uh, was against it, a lot of the trade deals from the 90s onwards, including NAFTA, was because uh, it was most of these trade deals were used to weaken American unions, uh, export American manufacturing. Yeah. And TUP was particularly heinous because uh, it would uh, weaken sovereignty of states. Basically, like if you have a... If you're a state and you have a law against uh, pollution, a state a company would be like, no, uh, TUP gets to pollute in your lakes and you have no choice to do it because it's a global deal. So fuck you, state. We're going to pollute in your lake and you can't do shit about it. So, and the 11 yeah. other countries had to follow U.S. copyright and patent laws, which a lot of yes. countries were like, what the fuck? Like, you guys have really fucked up copyright yeah. laws, yeah. which now is not part of it. So this is a better TPP? <laughs> yeah, but I, it's important to clarify that this is not something good that Trump pulled out of. He, he coincidentally did something good because the populist streak of yeah. the right was against it. But, yeah. but this was actually a good thing he pulled out. And the fact that China's picking it up, like I was reading the New York Times article saying, it's, it's better that China's doing it, we should be doing it. But no, TUP sucked in general, and China doing it probably makes it worse Overall, maybe not worse, as Phil said, because it's about the copyright shit, but who knows? Yeah, so one thing I just want to point out, my bias is outside. I don't like the TPP, but I think I'm more of a free trade globalist than most people on the left. You cuck. So I'm glad, I know, I'm a cuck. So I'm glad you guys are here <laughs> to balance that. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of globalists on the left. Like there people are. are in general, like free trade yeah. is good. I guess, I mean more like the far left. Yeah, the, there's, uh, there's always there's a difference between... Uh, traditional Democrats and like the far left, like socialists and shit. And for socialists, because you call yourself a socialist, Ryan, you are more globalist scum than <laughs> socialists. Yeah, but like you know, that's that's okay. I yeah. contain multitudes. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. It's hard when it comes to like you know, because then you're talking about the specific one issue is like a uh, uh, global economy and how that should be handled nation by nation. Like that's gonna be vary by person by person. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one thing uh, to that, there there is still the possibility for America to rejoin the new TPP, but probably not given like that t- high tariffs and protectionism is kind of the only thing Trump's been consistent on his entire career. Yeah. Well, that uh, and racism. Yeah. <laughs> The funny, the funny thing is, what was that speech he gave? I forget what, where he gave it, but he gave a speech recently, and people were saying he, he this is the moment he became president again. That shit. Oh, they do it. Was it his State time. of the Union? It wasn't State of the Union. It was like it was like a, the Gettysburg Address. Wasn't that him? <laughs> or was it the one at the World Summit, like the big economic summit? Yeah, I think so. There was like uh, recently there was like a he basically came out more in favor of globalism, saying maybe we should go back to TPP. And now, oh but I didn't God, watch this, some this is just so him, yeah. just the constant wavering back and forth until an yeah. advisor approaches him and is like, "No, we're not doing that." He's like, "Okay." He literally just regurgitates whatever the last person yeah. to talk to yeah. him is. Yeah, because he was at Europe and Europe was saying, "You know, globalism's good." He's like, "You're right, globalism's good." <laughs> he goes back to America. Globalism's bad. You're right, globalism's bad. Okay. <laughs> So I do want to go back to what Daryl was saying and talk about how China's been kind of dealing with the, you know, the trend of globalization. So about four and a half years ago, they initiated, they started a new initiative called the One Belt, One Road Initiative. And Mm -hmm. what that was, was it's China's plan to pump hundreds of billions of dollars into railways, roads, ports, and other projects all across Asia, Africa, and Europe. But there's, it's kind of controversial on it because a lot of people are say that they're not like doing it wisely, where they're kind of just like building up this big infrastructure without necessarily having a return on their investment. But they, but Xi Jinping, the president of China, is really pushing it because he wants to basically have Chinese markets everywhere. And by building a full infrastructure, he wants to kind of infiltrate every kind of market and have China be kind of seen throughout the whole rest of the world as a big financial power, while at the same time, they're very restrictive on what other countries they let invest into China. Like, they're keeping most of their industries completely Chinese-owned while spreading Chinese industries throughout the world. So it's very, very protectionist, even though they're pushing for globalism. Like, it's really one of those things that, like, they say they're globalist, but really it's just for everybody else. They're pro-China, always. I mean, like, most countries are, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but China is like an extreme degree. Because yeah. the article I was reading uh, uh, was a New York Times article, and it was fucking bullshit, uh, neoliberalism bullshit. But <laughs> it was funny because they're talking about how Milton Friedman went to China, and like he tried to say how laissez-faire is good, and he he was like so astounded by how, how protectionist they are. And like now we people forget like we read world history just because they're a, a world power and a capitalist force we act like they are part of the free trade movement they're not they're just no, a yeah. They, yeah they are exactly. they are capitalist in the way that like you always hear the phrase tossed around like crony capitalism that is China like yeah like they yeah. they're, they're government government backed monopolies and things like that. And keep in mind that Trump, the straight shooter who always tells it like it is, he, when he spoke to China, he says, I don't blame you for taking advantage of the U.S. That's, that's what you should do. And this is the same guy that said that they are, and I quote, raping our economy. So, you know, whatever. But one of the things that I want to point out about this big policy is it's not just in Europe and Asia and Africa. They're also cutting big deals in America. And they've always kind of had this where, like, we do this dance between protectionism against China and also like embracing their goods. Like you guys said, like we might say this about steel, but we take textiles and toys and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But yeah, Trump. Yeah. Trump who, again, I can't stress enough really all over the place on this issue. <laughs> cut, cut a big deal in November with China. It was a $250 billion deal where it would allow China to invest $84 billion 
by taking the state-owned China Energy Investment Corporation to invest in shale gas and chemical manufacturing projects throughout West Virginia. And they also invested $43 billion into Alaska's energy sector. So China Petroleum and Chemical Corps will work with the Alaskan government to jointly develop the state's liquefied natural gas industry. And... They would, they're, this is them like going green and I use the term loosely because they want to cut down on coal and, but they're still pumping it into industries that we as, you know, on the left feel like should be more regulated that China's like, no, we won't use coal. We'll just take all of your shale and natural gas. And they also announced with Boeing that they're selling $37 billion worth of airliners to China. And there, this is also... Uh, coupled with a $38 billion deal from 2015 with Boeing. So Boeing is giving them lots and lots and lots of planes. And at the same time, you have a European rival, that Airbus, that got a $22 billion deal with China for 140 new planes. So China... Can I say uh, Airbus is the funniest thing? <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> and... On the what we got out of it was we made the same kind of deals where we're where an American chipmaker Qualcomm has gotten a twelve billion dollar deal to supply Chinese smartphones with some of our technology. But for the most part, it's the same kind of thing where China is putting lots and lots of money into other countries' economy and not letting us or any other country in that much. And it really is they like the whole point that I'm trying to make is that Xi says that it's going to, that he's all pro globalism, but really it's just like, take all the Chinese shit. Yeah. It, it's, it's globalism as long as China's the one at the center. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There was a, uh, just recently, uh, the Hill uh, had a report by uh, Navy Marine Corps leaders on March 7th. that They warned that China is weaponizing capital and like, uh, they're actually taking like rebuilding like ports and stuff and roads and bridges and stuff in other areas. And uh, the Pentagon saying they're using this as a way to take over these areas without with, uh, basically war without firing a single shot. And they're yeah. saying this is, like, this is the scariest uh, war tactic by China. They said we're, we're, the Pentagon leaders said we're more scared of the Navy leaders, I should say, uh, we're more scared of this than all of their bombs, and anything. The fact that they're just able to take the areas just for their capital. Yeah. Cause what they're doing is they're taking, they're investing in all these other countries while America kind of scorns our allies, like we said. Mm -hmm. So yeah. if we're refusing to trade with them and then China's like, hey, we're going to build up all these highways and ports and then give you cheaper goods, why would these countries not buy Chinese? Yeah. She is hosting 29 heads of state to try to combine everything together, like to get this moving. And the countries involved right now are home to 60% of the world's population and are a third of the economy. But by 2050, those countries are expected to be 80% of the whole global economy. And that would go up. Like, that's a 20% increase. That's 80% of the whole world. Yeah. That wow. is crazy. Yeah. Well, the whole world's GDP growth. Right. And the question we have to answer then is, is China being the new world power a good thing? This, it seems to be that uh, in, in recent years, like the, everyone looks at China and says in a, in a few decades, they will probably be the number one world power or close to it, depending on obviously a variety of things. And when I look at this, I question whether or not this is a good thing, because we are pretty critical of the U.S. on this show. Mm -hmm. And I think rightfully right, yep, so. Rightfully so. And we have explained why uh, Russia being a world leader is a bad thing. And most yes. of us probably know just because of the Cold War why Russia being a leader, world leader is a bad thing. Yeah. But I want to argue that China being a world leader is maybe worse than Russia for, I think, a variety of reasons. So 
I'm going to start out just by giving a very quick history of the Chinese state as a whole without getting too rambly if I can avoid it. So I, I think, and I have to, I have to say this here, I'm not saying that Chinese people this or that. What I'm saying is, as a culturally speaking, China has a history of authoritarianism. But we should we should clarify something, like, because uh, it's not about the Chinese people, it's just about culture. Which, which I mean, the two can be inextricably linked sometimes. Well, no, it is different, because there, it's like one of those things that, when we, talked, when we talked about gun control, how I said, I think I said it on the show, where, you know, in Japan, you can own a gun, but the police have to come into your house every three months to yeah. check on it, and how Japanese people are okay with this, and Americans aren't. It's not that a Japanese person in inherently is whatever it's culturally speaking they're more okay with authority whereas americans are culturally anti-authority well and, and like it's not just a purely negative thing that they're all this way because that like uh, they have a more responsibility to their families and to the state and whatever in like all these regions but like uh, the reason why our country is falling apart is because of selfish assholes like trump so american yeah. individualism is also killing us while uh, the Chinese culture has led to authoritarianism. So yeah, we can't stress yeah. enough. Everyone is awful all the time. Yeah. Well, exactly. well, the thing is though, I, I see. I agree that everyone's awful. But when I when I look at if I have to like when I have to compare, obviously I'm biased because I'm from a Western country, and mm-hmm. I'm like, well, obviously Western ideals are better. But also as a greedy fuck, you, you appreciate greeting fucks. Really well, <laughs> what I what I appreciate is like Chinese cultural like culture tend towards authoritarianism. There's nothing in American history that is comparable to something like the Great Leap Four. Like, 45 million people killed by their government is yeah. kind of, like, it, it's unimaginable to me. Yeah. Chinese history is a history of authoritarianism almost completely from the beginning, which, like Sly said, is has led to stability in the region for a long time. But at the same time, it has led to many instances of the government mass killing their people, having very strict censorship on speech, on writing, mm-hmm. on thought. And I know a lot of times people now are like, well, but now they're much more like open and loose and, you know, they're capitalists now. Thanks. Well, it's, it's like the free market bullshit. They're, they're still fucking uh, protectionists and they're still authoritarian. Yeah, they're still authoritarians, like in every sense of the word. Like if you guys didn't hear the news, they just got rid of term limits for, for the president. Yeah. So yeah. He, he will rule indefinitely now. They have one party system, by the way. One party system. Oh, yeah. Fair point, yes. They're a democracy with only one party allowed to run. That's some democracy right there. <laughs> yeah, and Trump said, uh, that sounds great. Maybe we should try that. President yeah. for life. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, my yeah. God. stupid joke. And and it's to the point where, like, I, I've also mentioned this on the show before, but, like, it's, it's so effective that I have students coming here that are 16, 17 from China that have never heard of the Tiananmen Square Massacre. They, they revere Mao still. Like... It's like one of those things that we, most Americans are like, Andrew Jackson's an asshole, mm-hmm. and yeah. he's not even comparable to the monster that Mao is at all. And they're like, no, I mean, what? He did good things. He made China number one. I also, I, I probably mentioned this on the show too, but in my classroom, whenever I have more broad discussion questions on, like, you know, society in general, my Chinese students, 100%, because they're not Chinese American, they're, they're immigrants, um, or they're just exchange students, they 100% of the time side with the author- the authority, whether or not they're right, like... None of them thought killing Julius Caesar was the right thing to do. They're like, no, he was in charge. And, and then the other students are like, but he's trying to destroy the Republic. And they're like, who cares? <laughs> like, who cares about people's... I mean, and to be fair, my, my Trump supporting students feel the same way. So they they have an authoritarian streak too. Mm-hmm. But wait, 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 one crazy fact that blew my mind on top of the one party. Uh, you guys you know they don't, they don't have juries in China? Yeah, just a judge. I just found it funny because they had a movie called 12 Angry Men uh, in America which is a, a classic American movie, and mm-hmm. they remade it in China. But because there's no juries in China, they had to remake it and say it's just like a, a bunch of people randomly got together to discuss a random court case. And there's no bearing on the case whatsoever, but like, well, what, if we, what if we could just talk about it? 
the judgment was correct. <laughs> Chinese people would understand the idea. Why you have like random citizens come in and like judge other citizens? The Twelve Angry Men was rebooted as one correct man. <laughs> yeah. I literally was trying to teach civics, and they're like, "I don't understand why you would have a jury to my Chinese students," and I'm like. It's so that you're, the community can decide. And they're like, but the judge knows whether they're right or wrong. And I'm like, but do they? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's one guy. Anyway, they have a history of authoritarianism. And I, I, that always worries me when it comes to them becoming a world power. Because because you're anti-authoritarian. Because you're an American. Yes, I am. Yes. Yes, I, I, I am. And they, they don't show any signs of stopping if this... Pres- removing presidential term limits is any sign. There's definitely indicate that they're like, people. People people say they're softening because no. they like them more because they're making deals with them. They're not yeah, actually no, softening. It's bullshit. Like, yeah, yeah, it is bullshit. And I also hear a lot of praise of China lately because of their stance on climate change. Right, we have 100% dropped the ball on climate change because of Trump. Mm-hmm. Oh, because of anti intellectualism and everything in the U.S. Yeah. We did a whole episode on climate change yeah. and we pulled out of the Paris Agreement. We dropped the ball on that and some people have been like, but look, China's picking up the slack. And and they've been really praising China for it. But I really believe that a lot of it is is PR. It's It's China trying to seem like, hey, look, Trump's an asshole. He's an idiot. But we're not. Because at the end of the day, China is still a, about a third of the world's carbon emissions. Mm-hmm. It only slowed a little bit when their economy was in the shitter. And now that their economy is recovering, it's skyrocketing again. They actually broke records on, on carbon emissions in the world this year. Or 2017, rather. Out of the 36 million kiloton CO2 emissions, almost 11 million of that is China. And that is more than the US and the European Union combined. So... Yeah. And most of its... Like, most of their industry is coal, too. It's not even, like, the less shitty ones, like natural gas. Like yeah. Ryan said, they are, they're trying to shift a little, but... That was always the excuse that I heard, is that China is such a huge contributor because so much of their industry is... Like, literal industry. Yes, and, and that's whereas, fair. Whereas we're shifted more towards, like, services. Service. Yeah. And and that's fair, and that's one of the, one of the reasons I, I never have... I've tried not to be too critical, because it's like the West industrializes, we pollute to become powerful, and then we're like, but we should stop, and you guys should stop before you become powerful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, we're, we're kind of... That's why the Paris Agreement... It's like, we get nukes, and then we're like, you guys can't have nukes. That's really dangerous, you know? Yeah. And... And that's why, like, Trump is like, oh, China gets all these exemptions. And, and I think the, the Paris Agreement tried to give exemptions to developing nations because yep. we're like, it's kind of not fair that we polluted our rivers and shit on the world's environment. And then we're like, let's... Yeah, we gave it to them in India, if I recall. Yeah. 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 Not only that, we didn't just pollute our rivers. We polluted your rivers, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's because we're living in the fake news, like, world. And, like, now we're getting all these uh, uh, alternative facts and all this bullshit. And it's really becoming like need for Aurelian shit. I I think I admire a country for at least admitting to a problem and like making even like milk milk toast efforts towards it over denying there's a problem and creating an alternate reality for your supporters. I agree so that, with that way yeah. it becomes even f- harder to change a narrative and start doing stuff. That I, but I isn't that. China also doing that though? They're like, look at how good we are now, and they're not. I know, but they say they saying climate change is real. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They, say, they say climate change is real. We're, they may not be doing enough efforts to stop it or whatever, but it's one other thing to convince people that climate change is real, and then here's all the steps you have to do to take it, then climate change is real, and we're not doing enough. Oh, I absolutely agree with you, but I love that you somehow found a way to defend China in this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not defending China, I'm just defending... The, There's like, an honesty of being an asshole, instead yeah. of just saying, no, 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 no. 
you're the asshole. I'm just like, my, my concern is that it's so easy and so scary. To, that it's becoming more and more apparent how easy it is for our alternate reality to yeah. occur in America, just because America. And without an outside force correcting it, it's possible that it can continue indefinitely. So America could indefinitely be like, crime change is real, fuck you, yeah. world, if like Republicans kept winning. And if, if China did that too, and like and, and like China followed our example and Russia followed our example, we would just die. Yeah, like we're no, you're, yeah. Right. you're right. Yeah, it's it's almost like there's an interesting kind of like conundrum going on where it's like, would you rather have the world be destroyed by climate change or live in the to- like the dystopian future, <laughs> but at least we're alive? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. I, I honestly, I don't even fucking know what I'm saying anymore. Like, I I don't yeah. want China to be in charge, but I don't want. U.S. Trump led U.S. in charge, yeah. so I just don't want to live. It's hard because there's yeah. there's yeah, so exactly. many different like facets to each of those things where you know you can recognize that China's right on this policy, but they're doing it for like the wrong reasons, kind of a thing. But then we're also saying that from a U.S. centric yeah. point of view, where it's like you know I I don't want China in charge either. I would prefer to keep us or like more. I don't know. F- is, is it wrong to be like more freedom centric governments? In charge. No, I think that that's the thing is like everyone like there's been a obviously like cultural relativism is is like you have to look at cultures relatively and say I'm biased. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I will 100% of the time argue that there are cultural practices and ideas that are better than others. Like it doesn't matter what you say to me. I don't think a culture that says women are like deserve to be aborted and men don't mm-hmm. like is better. Like it doesn't matter if it's cultural. That is to me wrong. Like I yeah. won't. I won't. Accept that wasn't. It. That wasn't a Chinese government thing. That was the people doing it because, because of the of Chinese the, government. Uh, no, it's not just the government. It's 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 also it, it is a cultural thing there. Like yeah, and yeah. I, I I will say that like regardless of my own bias, I'm gonna. I would argue that that is a, a, a an immoral cultural idea, and we mm, have those is, too. Yeah. But they lead to like they actually kill babies, and uh, they have in the past led to mass baby killing. And we have generally not. And that is important because America, you know, we always say well, America is a racist, sexist mm-hmm. nation. But uh, we don't have female genital mutilation. Yep. We allow immigrants. China doesn't allow a single non-Han Chinese exactly. immigrant ever. You're not allowed. You can get a visa. You can't become a citizen. Wow. I was showing Phil a, a chart from a, a Pew Research poll. And basically it was like, oh, well, how much do you think uh, diversity is good in the country? And America wasn't great. It was fifty uh, percent think it makes it a better place to live, and seventy percent think it makes it a worse place to live, and like thirty three percent think doesn't make a difference. But when you compare it to a lot of Europe, uh, Greece is like ten percent thinks it makes it a better place <laughs> yeah. to live, and sixty percent makes it free. and like uh, Greece, Poland, Netherlands, Hungary, Italy, and this is why like Italy's had election three sixths of the of the people yeah, running were all fascist. Yeah, all the fascist because... leaning places are like yeah, diversity yeah. is bad. America is generally di- is is diverse and is more accepting of diversity than almost any other country out there. Mm-hmm. One thing that I just feel like I have to say, and I don't disagree with anything you guys are saying, but it is important to not, fo- and I'm not saying you guys are doing this, but very often people that see the problems in our country and then compare them to other countries use it as an excuse yeah. to not be better. Yeah, and that's yeah. like, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's it's whataboutism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so we don't, yeah, we're not the most sexist country in the world, but does that not mean, does that mean that right. we don't have work to do? Of course not. Of course not. Yeah, yep. yeah. And that's very fair. It's like, I don't beat my wife, so if I treat her like shit, it's okay. Yep. It's like, no, obviously you have to work to be better too, but it's in, in the sense of when I think about who I want leading the world as a global power, I'm like, I, I, I don't want it to be China. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah. I don't get to pick, so fuck me. 
But but that's one of those things that I think it's important to note. Like, you can also, like, still have your flaws and still be like, but China's worse. Like, we're not saying both sides are just as bad. And we're also not excusing our own sins. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And I'm done. Sly, what's up? What's up? <laughs> I'm done. I'm just going to add to why China is a fucking nightmare state. In 1984, literally incarnate. Uh, uh, there was an article by Wall Street Journal. Uh, 12 days in Xinjiang. Xinjiang. Uh, Xinjiang. I'm sorry, I can't pronounce it. No, I'm just being honest. Uh, <laughs> it basically talks about, because uh, Xinjiang is a very special case because there was uh, daily terrorist attacks in the country in 2014 uh, from a, a violent separatist movement by Muslim uh, Uyghur ethnic group. Yeah. So they have a very strict uh, police state in there basically now. Uh, security checkpoints for identification scanners, guards, train stations, roads in and out of town. Facial scanners, track comings and going to hotels, shopping malls, or banks. Uh, police use handheld devices or small fo- smartphones for encrypted chat apps. Uh, police can charge videos or any sus- or any other uh, suspect content. Uh, to fill up uh, your car with gas, you must first wipe your ID cards and stand to a camera. Uh, the uh, police stations every corner. So this whole place is like a giant police state. Like you have cameras while scanning you, seeing, uh, taking pictures of you, watching you. Anyone who's Muslim, the Uyghur Muslim group. They routinely pulled into stations for phone checks, and like if you're if you're a Uyghur Muslim, you have to have two phones: one for walking outside and one for actually living. Because if they see anything that's that's suspicious, uh, they'll arrest you. And I assume their bar of suspicious is not something we would consider. No, reasonable. you have to. It has to be provable beyond reasonable doubt. <laughs> <laughs> During the first quarter of 2017, the government announced the equivalent of more than one billion in security-related uh, investments in Xinjiang, up from 27 million in all 2015. So one. 27 wow. million to 1 billion now. So they were like, it's not enough of a police state. We need a lot more. Yeah, we, we need 40 times as much. Yeah, you might. And, and, and like other civil rights groups like the ACLU are like uh, aware that this is going to lead to other countries. And a good sign of that is China is playing to, uh, a program called a Golden Shield Surveillance System, allowing easy access to local, national, and regional uh, records on each individual citizen. Uh, so far, it's been mostly uh, confined to a content ident- uh, content filtering firewall. That's, that's what Phil's meant to, uh, reference to how Google is banned. That's because of this golden shield. Uh, Google's banned. Facebook is banned. New York Times is banned. YouTube's banned. YouTube's banned. Uh, according uh, to the Freedom House, China's level of internet freedom is already the worst on the planet. You know how we joke? We're like, oh, if you say bomb and and Trump, the, the, the NSA flags you. And like maybe they do, but then they just sit there and they watch you forever. Like China yeah. actually comes to your house and takes you away. <laughs> and, uh, so now... Uh, Golden Shield is going to develop even further. They're going to develop a comprehensive, constantly updating granular records of each sin's political persuasions, comments, associations, and even consumer habits. Uh, consolidate records from private companies and government bureaucrats into a single uh, citizen score. That's actually what they're calling it, quote-unquote, citizen score for each Chinese citizen. So far, it's va- uh, so far it's voluntary. It'll be mandatory by 2020. Already, 100,000 uh, Chinese citizens use a app called Sesame Credit created by Alibaba, the, uh, basically like the, chi- the Chinese Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. Right now, it's only tracking users' financial and credit behavior, but promises to offer a quote-unquote holistic rating of character. Oh, boy. This is the no stuff registry. like Black Mirror says is going to happen here. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, the score, and you know, the article from The Atlantic says, no, oh, this will probably uh, way more than your uh, Western FICO score. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> <laughs> Because you know our FICO score makes helps lenders make uh, fast and reliable decisions uh, based on your financial credit. But uh, but this will be vast amounts of online shopping data and migrate government without regard for consumer privacy. Uh, and obviously the score will, uh, will complete the social ostracization uh, at the bare minimum. Because if you see somebody has a shitty score 
and that will be a sign of social stigma. You'll be less likely to associate them. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a way to isolate people. Bad. This, this is a bit of like an, an offshoot of this idea, but just how crazy it is entering into yeah. these times where it's like before, like you could purchase stuff and it would be fine kind of a deal. And as like technology yeah. improves, the government can like track what you purchase. And now like trying to like numberfy that, like your purchases and what you do, that's just yeah. like a, that is a really, Jesus. And it, it turns... It turns citizens against each other, too, like Sly mm-hmm. was saying, like, for ostracization yeah. purposes. And, like, again, this is a country that only 40 to 50 years ago had the Cultural Revolution where you were told, like, if anyone in your life, kids were told, anyone in your life, your parents or teachers, are are saying anything bad about the government, like, beat them or report them to us. And, like, kids were literally beating their teachers in their classrooms, dragging them out and, like, throwing them out the window, like, because they criticized the government or t- taught things that were against government policy mm-hmm. And like it's it's really effective if you can weaponize the people against themselves too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's one reason why people uh, praise like Nazi Germany about how efficient it was. It wasn't efficient. It's just that a lot of German citizens ratted out their friends yeah. and neighbors who they didn't like that much. They didn't like them, and they're like, "Oh, I can get his fucking land if he gets taken away." Yeah. Anyway, but uh, the Atlantic also questions like, "Oh, how would this really relate to Amer- uh, our uh, American uh, surveillance state and stuff like that?" I don't know how likely it is in the time future. And it talks about how, you know, here uh, the government asks companies and tries to persuade them to give their spying data over to them. But in China, they're mandatory. It's mandatory that Alibaba and Tencent, the owner of WeChat, uh, give all their data to the government. Uh, and also on top of this, uh, uh, they're creating a sprawling network of surveillance cameras. Uh, 2015 National Police Force Ministry of Public Safety called for the creation of an omnipresent, completely connected, always on and fully controllable National Video Surveillance Network. They stated that law enforcement uh, use facial technology, combination of video cameras to catch law, uh, lawbreakers. One IHS uh, market estimate uh, puts the number of cameras in China at one, 176 million today, with a plan to have 450 million installed by 2020. Amazing. Yeah, 100% of Beijing is now blanketed by surveillance cameras, according to the Beijing Public Safety Bureau. So if you go to Beijing, you are literally always mar- uh, viewed by camera. There's no way you can go to Beijing without being viewed by camera in, in public square. But what if I got? A, what if I was a hacker and then I could use this <laughs> against the government and I could play? I could be watchdogs in real life. Yeah. <laughs> And also, uh, if you think like, oh, this is only be for the harshest criminals, who would think that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I trust the Chinese government to only get the bad guys. Uh, to go through the social stigmatization, uh, Fuji already uh, publishes the name of Jay Walkers in local media and even sends their names to employers to for, uh, the employees to fire them and stuff like that. So they're already like punishing people for jaywalking to get them fired oh and stuff. God. So, yeah, uh, we already have examples of that. Even without this hypothetical of social stigmatization, that will never be happening. People always use that argument. Like when we talk about like the Patriot Act and stuff, they're like, just yeah. don't do anything wrong. You don't have to worry mm-hmm. about it and it's like yeah but there's degrees of these things like yeah. imagine having yeah. your life ruined because you jaywalked and imagine that a, a, a shadowy council somewhere in the chinese communist party is the one making the decision whether or not to use this against you or not like yeah it's 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 too much power S- soon it'll just be an algorithm doing yeah. it yeah it <laughs> yeah could be. that's better ai will, will kill us anyway so <laughs> and that's it from my article and uh my top thesis which builds up everyone's thesis that we're fucked chinese gonna take over and we're all gonna yeah. die. okay cool i agree well, America can turn it around, maybe, potentially. Yeah, yeah. Are we going to? I mean, I guess we'll see this year and then 2020. Yeah, maybe there's hope. Yeah, fucking vote, you idiots. But th- that's always the problem because of our, our beautiful democratic system that lets us vote for who we want is that it's the fear of, like, the pendulum. We're not going to move far enough before the next time Republicans take over and then try and do this and just, like, go backwards again. I would at least yeah. rather have a chance, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> than yeah. just assume... <laughs> 
Or just have our one immortal party leader that decides everything for us. That'd be nice. That man is Phil. I won't be anti-authoritarian when I'm the authority. (laughs) As all freedom fighters are. Yeah. Yeah. Either live a hero or whatever. (laughs) It's fucking true. People are scum. Die a hero. (laughs) Whatever. I know. Well, it's it's, it's almost like the natural state of things is for people to become corrupt when they have too much power. And it takes a lot of regulation and forethought and uh, planning in the society. And also adaptability in our constitutions in order to compensate for that. Yeah. And general empathy in a person. kill all humans? I mean, whatever. (laughs) I mean, maybe next week or the two weeks later we'll be talking about the end of all humans. Yeah, you know, I was I was sad thinking about that episode, like how am I, it's gonna be a sad episode. Now I'm like, it's probably for the best. <laughs> a mercy yeah. kill in reality. So yeah, we're gonna be talking about dark futurism next episode, unless something happens. Because there, unless dark futurism already happens. <laughs> no, but like we've all that. we've promised episodes before, and then like yeah, and then Trump's know. in talks with Kim Jong Un. So yeah, yeah, Trump's meeting with Kim Jong Un. Yeah, once yeah. Korean War Two happens, uh, and we'll, Stormy we'll, we'll Daniels has a bunch of his dick pics or whatever. I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we are not talking yeah. about his wiener on this podcast. <laughs> All right. All right. I can't, okay. I can't live anymore. So, if you guys have any thoughts or anything on China or dark futurism to get us prepped, you could join our Facebook group, Oops, I Talk Divisive Issues, or you could join our Discord. The link is in the show notes. You could email us. What is it? Is it just Oops, I Talk Politics, gmail.com? It's just Oops, I Talk Politics at gmail.com. Yeah, you could tweet at us, Oops, Politics, on Twitter. And we also have a Facebook page, but the group is better. So Yeah, there's also a Discord. Go there. I, yeah, the Discord is the best place to actually talk to us. So, yeah, everyone should join. And you should also check out the rest of the shows on the Comrade Network, because they also have a Facebook group. I'm going to talk about our other show, Divisive Issues, which I don't mention that often. We, what did we just do? Black Panther. Black oh Panther. yeah, we just we we actually had a pretty political episode where we talked about Black Panther versus the KKK in the seventies and how a lot of that rhetoric about how racist the like white moderate is is still there, and it was really good. Everyone should check that out wherever this is. That is also the, and all our backlog episodes are at FranzRadio.com. And I mentioned it on the new device of issues as well, but I my other podcast will get it right next year at Adventure in Cinema is gearing up for our season finale where we've been guessing the plot of the same movie for a year and we're gonna watch it very soon. We have one episode left, so everyone should get caught up. This is the best time to do it. And that there's a link on the Franz Radio website, there's a link in the show notes, there's it's in iTunes and all that stuff too. So that's we'll get it right next year at Adventure in Cinema. Thank you all for listening to Oopside Talk Politics. I've been your resident globalist cuck. I have a very high holistic rating of character. I've lived long enough to see myself become a villain. And I've been implementing tariffs on our podcast host to get back at Joe. Oops, I ended the podcast. Radio.com, independent podcasting network. Hold on a second. This is where it starts. Uh, oh no, it's the Chinese government. <laughs> Sly, why'd you say that? Look, we, we heard reports of what you've been saying. We now have authority over you. Yeah. He, he's never coming back. He's done. He's fucking going to the... I mean, he, he's going to be like, no, I'm a communist too. And they're like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, then why would you say this, this, and this? Yeah. Sorry about That's that. Fine. I'm back.